if I had to live without you, what kind of life? <laughs> and I said sound check. I was like, one, two, three, four, five. You How didn't have to. Get through the I'm recording. Okay, apologies to everyone out now. I'll probably be sued for hurting someone's ears. So, I know we're going to talk about being single. All the single ladies, all the single ladies, put your hands mm-hmm. up. Boop, 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 boop. Something like that. My grandma, obviously, gave us the best piece of advice ever. Like, did you ask her for it? Well, I just said, you know, hey, grandma, like, just sick of being single. She's like, dear Rochelle. Oh, sorry. Good morning, Rochelle. Thank you for your email this morning, even though it's text message. She always says email. Bless her. Thank you for your email this morning. It's a lovely day here in Bridlington. I'm about to hang the washing out. So, a little bit of advice. I had a friend years ago who wanted to find a man. So she started going to classical music events because there's nice people there. And eventually she found a lovely young man. So maybe you should start going to some classical music events and you'll find a lovely young gentleman there. Lots of love, Grandma. Well, I think the sweetest thing about that is that she did that before putting her washing out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Grandma. Yeah. Okay, well, maybe we should take her up on that advice. Look, Eileen's been right about everything else. Come on, Eileen. Oh, no, no never. Never, never. Even calling her that, I'd be cursed. Um, She's such an amazing lady. All right, well, I'm happy to take your grandma's advice. Okay, well, let's, let's get on with this podcast, I hey? mean, let's be honest, Tinder's not working out for us, is no. it? Hi, my name's Emily Chadbourne. And I'm Rochelle Fisher. And we're a couple of Xennials turning body. Xennials are an often forgotten generation, sandwiched between the Gen X and the Millennials. Not quite one, but not quite the other either. We were brought up on Disney princesses, roller skates and Game Boys. Left to flounder through the grunge era of the 1990s and expected to catch up with tech life in the noughties, how prepared was the Xennial woman for the delights and disappointments of the current day? To celebrate our birthdays, Em and I decided to launch our own mini-series dedicated solely to issues that so many Xennial women face today. From egg freezing to ageing to being single, we have interviewed some amazing Xennials with stories to share. Enjoy this episode! Hey, Emily. It's our last Unashamedly 40 episode. Are you sad? We accidentally did 13 instead of 12 because we did one about sobriety. But are you sad? I'm sad. Well... (laughs) (laughs) You can say no. You can be like, no, I'm totally over this project. No, I am sad because I've loved this project, but I think there might be more to come. (gasps) I do think we should do something else. Yeah. Let's have a poll. Listeners out there, should Emily and I do a fortnightly podcast talking shit to each other? (laughs) Talking shit and drinking tea. Yeah. Okay. Shit and tea. Shit and tea. (laughs) (laughs) Shit tea. Who's shit and who's tea? (laughs) Bags of being tea. (laughs) Okay, I'm shit. All right, so today we're going to talk about being single. There is no expert 
There's no interview. Why? Because who is more expert in being single than you and I? <laughs> no one. I just figured Bridget Jones. Oh, even she got a man in the end. She was she was married she before two. she was friggin' forty. Mm. Yeah, okay. You I, and fi- I, I genuinely figured that there was no one to speak to other than each other <laughs> about the fact that we're both single. So I'm forty. And forty. So we haven't listened to it yet. <laughs> but a while ago, this was like right in the middle of my meltdown about turning 40. Do you remember I came over here before we had this amazing audio set up? And we just that still you got for your birthday. I got for my birthday. And we were still using one shitty microphone between us. And the I, golden microphone. I missed the golden microphone. Anyway, so I came over and I was like, I need to tell you something, but I want us to record it for the podcast. And then we sat in front of your fire and I basically cried into the microphone for 20 minutes about how fucking angry I was about the fact that I was single and about to turn 40. And we actually haven't listened to that audio. I figured it was so raw that it's probably unusable because I think I just repeated myself for 20 minutes. But I did want to start this episode because we're obviously going to talk about it quite logically and hopefully relatively articulately. And I just think it's really important that anyone who is out there who is listening, who is having a hard time with being single right now, understands that even though we're going to crack a few jokes, even though we're going to try and keep this relatively light and we're going to be articulate as much as is humanly possible for you Well, you're going to be articulate. (laughs) I'm just going to be the funny one. (laughs) Whatevs. I think it's really important that people know that you and I are actually quite sensitive about it in lots of respects. And there are times in our lives where it's very hard for us to be single. And there are times when we are emotionally impacted by the fact that we are single and 40. Mm. So just wanted to reassure anyone out there who's like, my God, those girls are so put together about being single. There are times where we're seriously not. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I do not do humans on the day that I'm feeling very single. Yes. I just not hide myself away. I just know not to put that energy and that shit onto anyone else. Yeah. And just to clean my entire house. Oh, bless you, darling. And make lots of food. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm in for that. And um, now I don't drink alcohol anymore because now I said I'd do a year of sobriety for you. did. You. I'm proud of you. Mm. We're going to share a sobriety date. That's cute, isn't it? All right, so I thought, like, in order to try and get some kind of structure to this episode... <laughs> Why we always have structure? <laughs> Tangent City. <laughs> well, this is the first episode in the entire series that we will have had any kind of structure. Hey, um, let's go out with a bang. Pop, pop. Absolutely. Sound effect for that. Oh. Oh, hang on. Um, Yeah, keep going. Yeah. All right. So, a while ago, I wrote an article. Fuck, I can't remember who published it. (laughs) Because I've been published by so many people. I can't remember. Maybe it was Body and Soul. Or maybe it was living style that's not a publication though is it that's the problem You've, you clearly don't read all the things that i'm published in because that's not a magazine can i just say i've actually been published in a recipe book if we're gonna go on <laughs> high achiever hang not. on i don't how do you how do you get published in a recipe book well one of my recipes is in, is in a recipe book really yeah with my name on the back and everything what's the recipe book it's called Eight Weeks to Wow. 
eight week challenge. Guy Sebastian's in it. Thank you very much. Doing what? Singing? No, <laughs> he's one of the people that got the shred. Oh. Yeah. What was the recipe? It was capsicums or peppers, stuffed peppers, but like a really clean and lean one that I did. And yeah, it's in the recipe book. I'll bring it out later. I'll sign it for you. No, you're good, mate. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, sorry. So I wrote an article. In Emily's publication. In my publication. Um, and it was called Why You Should Stop Talking to Single People Like That. Mm. So these are like the things that really piss me off that people say to me as a single person. So yeah. I thought we'd just work our way through that list. Great. And try not to tangent too much. All right, so the first one. How are you still single? Ooh. Now this might sound like a relatively benign, almost kind question, because like from the outset, it kind of almost could be a compliment. It's like, but how are you still single? Uh, but actually what this person is saying to you is, from my immediate impression of you, there's nothing wrong with you, but there must be something wrong with you because you're single. So the question itself presupposes that there is something wrong with me because at the age of 40, I don't have a partner. Yeah. And I think that narrative is very outdated. And I think it's one of the biggest causes of stress, especially to women single women yeah and I think it's also one of the reasons that people stay in really fucking terrible relationships that don't serve them because people judge you because people are scared of being on their own because yeah. they think that there is something oh my god if I'm single it must be because I'm rejected I'm not good enough I can't be loved no one wants me I'm on the shelf and I think god aren't we past that or, or we need to be at least passing that yeah so my understanding of this is like because of the social conditioning and the patriarchy under which we live, you know, I've said this before in this series as a product of the 80s, you know, the, all the Disney princesses told me that, you know, my life starts when I find my prince or my yeah. happy ever after is when I'm, mm. you know, whisked off my feet and saved by this man. And so although that seemingly could be, you know, oh, it's just a fairy story and it doesn't mean anything, it does, it does. mean something. Yeah. And, you know, we are so privileged to be living in this time in so many respects because we do have freedom of choice and we can leave partners and, you know, divorce is legal. And, and again, my gosh, aren't we lucky to be living in Australia and to be British citizens and Australian citizens, you and I, like, I'm very aware of the privilege under which I exist. But, you know, I think we are still all holding this dated narrative which is that as a woman in order to be a valuable member of society or to be loved and therefore safe you've got to be in a relationship or there must be something wrong with you yeah I had a not a patient but her daughter the other day at work and she said oh do you have children I said no partner I said no just me and wow, the judgment came. And she was just like, oh, well, yeah. And there was this really big pause. And then she said, well, maybe you're just too picky. 
I had a scalpel in my hand, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well done for not attacking her. Well done for not gouging her eyes out. And then the next minute was like, oh, well, it's really difficult to date in your generation, isn't it? And I was just like, who are you? And yeah, it just, the comments, ca- were, do you know what fucks me off the, the most? The comments kept coming and I'm just like, because I was at work, I had to be very professional and I just thought, you know, it's better just to bite my lip and not say anything mm. but and just smile and nod but you know I really wanted to let loose and did you know this woman at all she knew nothing about you nothing about me that's awful that's f- you could have just broken up you could have just got divorced your partner could have just died like there could well been I mean you could be trying for children and not being able to have them what a fucking bitch I mean I actually wanted to to tell her my life story of um <laughs> Let me tell you how I got to be single at 40. Let me tell you, yes. My partner did die. And then I did have someone cheat on me when I was about to get married. You fucking asshole. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Do you know what really annoys me, I think, the most about about that is, like, like, judgment that is wrapped up as concern. Yes, she was so concerned. I hate that. Like, oh, I'm just concerned about... No, you're not. You're judging me. You are taking your own fear around what single means and you're projecting it onto me. At my dad's 70th birthday party, which was maybe less than a year after my mum had died, Mm. and I was there and I was with both of my sisters and there were so many family friends. Um, I hadn't seen some of them for years. They were at my mum's funeral, but you don't really see people at your mum's funeral, do you? People are there, but you've got no comprehension. You might even shake their hand and have a conversation with them, but like no idea because you just can't remember anything. Bubble. So that all these people, you know, who I hadn't really seen or engaged with in years, and so many of them asked me, "And what about you, Emily? Have you got a partner? Like, have you got children? Are Are you married? Anyone on the scene?" And every time I said no I'm single the response was literally in some cases a pat on the back (laughs) and and real genuine concern like oh what a shame oh darling and I'm like no hang on a minute you don't get to bring your fear to me and expect me to carry it for you Mm. like that's your worry that's your doubt that's your paradigm around what it means to be single don't push that shit on me because you know what I'm okay and I refuse to live in a world where my value is determined on whether or not I'm in a re- romantic relationship with a member of the opposite sex. Yeah. So you take your fear and you hold it to yourself. Don't push it on me as concern because it's not mine to take. But, you know, that takes a lot of self-awareness, which you and I talk about all the time, yeah. and a lot of effort because, honestly, by the time the fourth or fifth person gave me that react asked me that question and then gave me that reaction like I had to go and find my sisters and I was like seriously if one more person asks me I'm gonna punch someone like Mm. I'm literally gonna have a punch up at my dad's 70th birthday I've probably had one person who is married and in a very solid relationship have a brilliant conversation with me she actually commented on one of your many publications that you did (laughs) about being single um the valentine's day one and she was she was single till about 42 or 3, and then she met her husband. But she said when she turned 40, she just said, okay, it's just going to be me. So I am going to make myself so secure. And she just said, 
this is me. I'm going to put all my effort into the relationship with myself. Mm. And she said, you know, and I, that that's what I decided. And she said, and then her now husband came along at about 43. And she said when she first met him, I'm not in for shits and giggles. You know, mm. you're either here or you're not. Like, I'm not interested in a bit of fun. Mm. And they're very, very happily married. But that's the only person that's... She's not said, oh, darling, it'll happen. Or she just said, mm. this was my story. And I get all that. And, you know, she's never had children. And a really, really lovely... The only great conversation I've ever had with someone is married that doesn't say that oh you'll meet him one day yeah. he, he's coming don't fake promise me well how do you know he's coming yeah sorry do you know something i don't know yeah are you hiding him in a cupboard show me your crystal ball <laughs> witch well the next point okay in yeah, my, in my publication um is talking of marriage that awful question which is well don't we, don't you want to get married how many times has someone said that to you and you said, no, I'm single? Or don't you want to get married? Well, yeah, I was engaged twice. <laughs> How'd that work out? Um, well, still single. Well, look, the first one I was young and we both decided it wasn't going to work. He thought being on an aeroplane for two hours was far too long and I wanted to travel the world. Mm. So it ended amicably. But yeah, the don't you want to get married? Well, marriage is... People don't need to get married these days to live together and have bank accounts together. Mm. And what does marriage mean? People can get divorced so easily. Mm. So what does it really mean? I agree. I also think like when you look at the history of marriage, it is seeped in misogynistic patriarchy. Yeah, we walk down the aisle by a man to give... One man giving. gives another man his property because at the time we were property, which is why our names <laughs> were transferred. It's why we take the man's name because we are now the property of that person. Like, let's not forget the roots of marriage. Yeah. Let's not glorify it and romanticize it and pretend that it's this beautiful, wonderful, romantic gesture. It was fucking slavery. And not just slavery, but years ago. Um, sorry, I'm just going to go into a bit of dental now but I years ago I love it when you dental me that sounds very weird <laughs> oh give me some floss now <laughs> oh I think Ooh. we've just found our next podcast series <laughs> porn of dentistry so when I first started out we used to make a lot of dentures for ladies and they'd often come in and say I lost all my teeth when I was 21 their fathers... 21? What happened? Well, they're 18 to 21. We're going back to people that would now be over 100. But 18 to 21, when they were getting married, if you were upper class, so I'm going into a British class system, mm. but if you were gentry, your dad would pay for you to have all your teeth out and dentures put in so you weren't a problem to your husband having toothache. No. Yes. And this was happening, like, to the... Yeah. To people who were still alive 20, 30 years I ago. I mean, like, if anyone wants to disagree with me, that's fine. I'm just saying what, you know, that's that's the kind of story that... Why would all these young girls... Because there was no men, but, yeah, it used to be a gift. So, so it was... It was, I like, was, part of the dowry, basically. Yeah. I mean, we're going back over 100 years, but still, it's not that long ago. Can you imagine? It's your grandmother's 
generation yeah. or your great grandmother's yeah. generation. Can you imagine? So, so I'd get all these old ladies in that couldn't even wear dentures because they had no gum or bone left because it had shrunk back so much. But yeah, can you imagine? So you're going to get married. I'm going to walk you down the aisle. We're going to take all your teeth out first, put some plastic dentures in. But they, you know, they thought it was a gift. Wowzers. I yeah. feel so weird about that. It's the truth. You do love me talking dental. I do. I do do go. love it when you whip a tooth out. <laughs> um, okay, so that's how I feel about marriage. Like, so also, I don't want to come across as like, I, like, I love weddings. I'm actually very good at weddings. I'm a very good bridesmaid. <laughs> I am absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I did manifest myself a bridesmaid position at our friend's wedding once, but not the point. Like I'm very, and I love love. I'm a huge, massive fan yeah. of it. I love a party. And as and when I meet somebody and mm. that love is so strong that we want to celebrate it, you are damn right I'm going to let that person buy me a diamond and you're damn right I'm going to have a massive party and invite all of my friends and family. But I don't feel like marriage is a secure place in a relationship necessarily. In fact, I think it probably does the opposite for a lot of people because I think people just feel like, well, I've married this person now. I don't need to bother anymore. I don't need yeah. to. I was listening to Esther Perel. She does a phenomenal podcast series called Where Should We Start? And she's a relationship coach, an intimacy coach. She's excellent. If you haven't heard of her, go and check her out. And she talks about marriage as like the death of the relationship because it's like, well, now we're married, it's official. So, you know, now I stop caring or worrying yeah. so much or because I feel so secure, I, I don't feel like, you know, you and I need to, or I need to put that much effort in anymore. And I thought that was a really interesting mm. sort of slant on it. Now, I'm not saying that marriage is ridiculous or people shouldn't get married. Like I said, massive fan of the old white dress. But, you know, I, I don't think... Again, that marriage defines a relationship and nor do I believe that marriage defines a person. I don't think that my sister is better than me because she's married and I'm not. And I'm the same as you, really. I don't, I don't feel like I need to get married. I don't feel like if I got married, that would make me feel Happier. different. Mm. But yeah, I'll have a, well, probably wouldn't have a party because I'm a bit of a hermit. I'd be there though. Yeah, you'd be there. You, um, me, and Theodore, <laughs> and the poor suspecting man that's going to marry you. But yeah, give me a diamond ring, mate. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I'll just add it to my collection. <laughs> 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 but no, I just, you know, like I said, jokes aside, but being engaged twice is a reason why I'm not married. Yes. Yeah. Because I, I could have been, but the only person I would have been lying to my to to is myself. Mm. I also think it like it hops back to the conveyor belt idea, doesn't it? Which is like we do get sold in our society that, you know, you go to school, you yeah. go to university, you leave home, you travel the world a little bit, you come back, you get a decent job, you find a man, you marry, you have children, you retire, you die. And, you know, that blueprint for some people works really well, rock on. But for a lot of people, that actually doesn't fit their value system and therefore they live a life thinking that it should make them happy and it doesn't. And then you add an element of shame or a feeling of like, well, there must be something wrong with me because, you know, this was the prescribed 
solution to what happiness is and then it comes along and it's not so you know I've yeah I have no interest in getting married I have an interest in forming a partnership with somebody who I adore to have adventures with but so do you want me to propose to you then because you adore me and you want to have adventures with me I do adore you yes and I (laughs) am having adventures with you and I could cook you lots of food but I think we should probably not get married <laughs> in any way, shape or form. All right. So the next one. Well, and maybe this is funny, actually, because like, maybe we should just get married because maybe I'm being too fussy. Ooh. So you'd marry me, cheeky sod. No, I wouldn't. Even, um, even if I had no standards, I wouldn't marry you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're being um, too fussy. Yeah, well, that's what that lady said to me as well. But a lot of my friends, and like I said, it, it, they think it's coming from a good place. You know, they're quizzing you like, are you still single? Well, da, 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 da. Well, you know, do you, come on, Rochelle, do you think you've been a bit too fussy? Now, you and I, with the fussiness, something that I will say is you've done an awful lot of work and I've done some work. Personal development. You Personal mean. development. Mm. I think we're so aware of what we want and what we will not tolerate. Agreed. And what we feed our bodies, as I like to take on your little podcast that day. It's always stuck with me that. Do you want to explain that? Oh, yeah. So what you feed your body. Yeah, it's not. So Emily once said in a podcast, I'm very aware of what I feed my body and I don't mean food. So Mm. she was meaning like friends and what she listened to and everything. So... And I think I don't want to feed my head with a guy that's going to make me feel like shit. I agree. So, no, I don't want to be on my own, but I'm not being fussy, but I know what I can and can't tolerate. Mm. You know, I don't want a guy that's at the pub every night. Mm. You know, so then there's our pool of men shortened and shortened and shortened and there's a brilliant clip on the film how to be single and the girls with the peanuts there was peanuts mm. the peanuts and the girls in the bar and he's like well there's all these peanuts and she's like well you know we split that and yeah, the, half, the, half of them are, are married half, half of them yeah yeah and then there's this tiny crumb and she crushes it and she's like that's my pool yeah and it's right and that's how I feel and and how you feel as well it's like I love people, but I know what I want and what's going to work for me. Mm. And I don't want to be in another relationship that in a few months it's not going anywhere or I've sabotaged it because I'm like, this is not ever going to work for me. Mm. I don't want to be in on a Saturday night with someone drinking lots and then sleeping in bed till 10 o'clock in the morning. Mm. My coach had this conversation with me relatively recently around about the time that I marched in here and just screamed angrily into my microphone about the fact that she I was did single. march in I literally marched in and then I think a couple of days later I had a session with my coach and we had a 90 minute session and I basically just cried for 70 minutes of it and then bless you we chatted for a bit at the end and my coach Carly said you know there is nothing wrong with being very specific about what you want from the universe but you have to understand that in that specificity, oh, don't know if that was a word. Yeah, it was. Oh, great. And it came out my mouth. In that you are going to have less options to trial 
Mm. And I thought that was a good way mm. of looking at it. I don't want to trial anymore. I don't want to trial. I don't like. I've trialed for. And this is no 20 offense. Twenty odd years of my life. Yeah, same. And this is no offense at all, but you know, I have got very strong non-negotiables. You've got to have a very high level of self-awareness. Like, and I'm talking like such a high level of self-awareness. You've got to have done the work. You've got to be a meditator. You've got to be okay with the fact that I wake up at five o'clock in the morning and chant for an hour before sunrise. You've got to, you know, be so passionate about your life. Like, no offense, but I don't want to go for a fucking Tinder date with a guy called John who works in accounts. And when I ask him what he does at the weekend, he plays footy with his mates, then he goes to the pub and then he eats a kebab on the way home. Like, like there's nothing wrong with John. No. It's just I want to be in a relationship with someone who wants to explore the world, who's so passionate about helping humanity, who cares about the planet that we live on, mm. who is so amazingly in love with life that what he does and what he creates is successful because anyone who is that in love with what they do is bound to be successful yeah. on the other end of it. So again, it's not like I need you to be a rich entrepreneur and I need you to have all this money because actually I know a lot of unhappy people who are very rich. Mm. But when you've got that kind of love for life, yeah. that normally that vibrational frequency attracts yeah. high vibrational frequency of money. So, you know, I, I know that that's what I'm looking for. And, and the reality is... I'm okay to wait for that. And if that doesn't come till I'm 50, I'd rather wait mm. for that for the next 10 years than be in a relationship with a guy called John who bores the fuck out of me. Yeah. Completely agree. And if that means I'm being too fussy, then, like, I'd rather have one excellent relationship for the rest of, like, in the rest of my life. Remember, how old did I say I was going to be when I died? 84? Two, 84? Anyway, so let's say I've got... 84, I'm 85. Okay, so I've got 44 years left of my life. In that 44 years, I'd rather have one phenomenal relationship than three mediocre ones. Yeah. Or, and I don't know about you, but when I meet someone and then it's not okay, I end up in a really bad anxiety around it because my personality wants to succeed at everything and I don't want to be a failure again in a relationship. That's my narrative. I'm not saying I am. That's an interesting narrative that you should address. <laughs> <laughs> I keep smelling your chai. It smells amazing. Mm. You're um, welcome. Yeah, I made it. That's really interesting that you consider that when a relationship concludes, it's a failure because I choose to look at that as a massive success. Yeah. Like I look at my last relationship and I feel so proud of myself that I left when I did. But see, I don't leave. I just stay in it in this anxiousness of, fuck, I just don't want to fail again. And really, if I took myself away from it and really looked at the situation, be like, why am I doing this? Why am I torturing myself? Yeah. I have said to many a client that, my idea of failure is to consciously and purposely put yourself in a situation where you are increasingly unhappy on a daily basis. Yeah. And so that means that my idea of success is going, I know myself well enough to know that this relationship no longer no longer serves yeah. me. And if it no longer serves me, it can't possibly serve you. So I'm leaving. Mm. And I never used to be like that. When I was younger, I was very kind of, I'm leaving. Goodbye. <sighs> so much flippant when you're younger though, aren't you? But, yeah, I think as I've got a bit older, I'm just, look, I can do life on my own very easily. I don't need to prove that to anyone. But I'm almost scared now of being alone for the rest of my life. 
Mm, I understand that feeling. I have I have those moments where you're like, oh, fuck, maybe I'm never going to meet anyone. But then I guess that harps back to your mate who found her partner when she was 43. Yeah. Maybe it is time that we go, well, isn't that what the element of surrender is? Yeah. Of just like, actually, no, it's not. Hang on, no, because surrender does, does not mean to give up. Surrender is not giving up. No, surrender, surrender is, is going, I have faith. It will work out for the best, and I'm okay with however that the universe decides that's going to unfold. I still have huge faith that there is a phenomenal relationship. I can almost fucking taste it. I know that there is someone who is about to walk into my life, and it's going to be astronomically amazing. What I surrender on a daily basis is, or I try to, is the impatience because the impatience pushes yeah. it further away on a vibrational level so mm. vibrationally i cannot be impatient or angry or whatever even though sometimes i am i'm i am consciously aware when those moments happen because i'm like actually being you know anxious about the fact that i'm still single pushes that person yeah. further away from me but anyway i don't want to get too close too into the manifestation process of it. I do want to introduce you to the next pet peeve of mine, which is, have you tried online dating? I think that needs a sound effect. Oh, shit, I'm not very good at this. Sorry, I still haven't quite worked out how it all works. Hang on. Mm, okay. I mean, that, mm. that, is, I the, would have done that is the haunting sound of... I would have done Tinder. the green one there. Wah, wah, wah. Oh, is that what that one is? Oh, yeah. Anyone that has tried online dating will understand. It's like, I'm mean, speaking English terms now, it's like going into Primark and wanting a really lovely cashmere jumper in a size 8. In a certain colour. In a certain colour and a certain shape. Yeah. Shape. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to say shape again? <laughs> style. Why <laughs> like you don't buy a jumper in a shape, do you? In a style. And you have to go on five levels. And you've got a full-time job as well. Mm. <laughs> and you've got to go on five levels and... And hunt for it. And hunt for it mm. with... Everybody else, 500 <laughs> other women all looking for the exact same jumper, yeah, like even in the exact same size. Mm. And, you know, then you do find, and I was reading a really interesting article a while ago, then you do find that um, man, that desirable young man. Or the cashmere sweater, as we're now referring to him. Yeah, the cashmere. You find the cashmere. How many other women are talking to the cashmere? So how many other women are giving Everyone's him trying him on in the changing room. Yeah. And then the cashmere also, guy. if it's in Primark, definitely not cashmere. Well, well that was the whole point. You're never going to find him, are you? So Tinder is like Primark. So I had a... Oh, oh hello. Sorry, I was just going to say, sorry. Just on another note. Your friends that are married. Oh, Oh, I'd l I would have loved Tinder in my day. Oh, those oh. bitches. Those bitches are... Well, you just went to the local pub, Betty. You poured, had a pint and you met John. You married your brother's mate. <laughs> yeah, and it was easy. Yeah. And you didn't have mobile phones and you didn't have Instagram. You just went to the pub and then... Ten and that was it. Nine months later, you had a baby. And ten months later, you got married. Yeah. 
Betty. Sorry, what were you saying? Sorry um, to completely interrupt you. No, it's fine. Um, you know me, I love a good interruption. My sister, so I was on a WhatsApp chat with both my sisters recently and I was sort of saying, you know, I'm struggling with turning 40 a little bit and one of my sisters, Jenny, was like, oh, I understand that. She was like, that feeling of like when people stop seeing you as like young and attractive like the looks that you used to get from strangers stop because you no longer are, you know, you no longer have the glow of youth. And I sort of agreed with her and I was like, yeah, absolutely, I, I resonate with that. But I was like, but, you know, I've also got that and being single. And interestingly, both of my sisters at the same time sort of turned around. They were like, oh, well, we thought you were really okay with being single. We thought you were, you know, it wasn't a problem for you. And I was like, it's not a problem, but... It was. It is also a problem. Like I'd choose not to be single if I could be, and then Jen turns around and she goes, "Well, you're not really like dating, though, are you?" And I was like, "Well, what do you mean?" And she was like, "Well, you know, like, are you like online?" <laughs> and I turned around. So both of my sisters married their university sweethearts, <laughs> and so I just turned around and I was like, "Well, you've clearly never been online, Jenny, have you? Because if you had, you wouldn't have asked me such a fucking stupid question." And I completely ripped her head off because. You know, and it came from such a good place and she's not to know, but like, like, unless you have gone on like a month's worth of like, right, I'm going on Tinder or I'm going on Hinge or I'm going on Bumble and I'm going to give this a red hot go and I'm going to overhaul my bio and I'm going to speak to all of these people and I'm going to say yes to all these coffee dates and then you do it. It is awful. It is exhausting. You waste so much time. It's depressing. People out there are weird. And there are loads of Johns who work in accounts who are just very boring. And that's the thing. I went for a run last year. I was <laughs> I went for a run last year. <laughs> last year. Well done, babe. I was on a run last year and I was running along the beachfront and I just thought, this is how I want to meet people. I don't want to meet a guy who is sat on his sofa flicking through tinder for four hours on a friday night i want someone that's put his runners on run down to the beach watch the sunset mm. and is embracing life just as you said and so then i started thinking about i could create this really amazing dating app haven't yet but kind of it was that like the only person that's going to change this is me because online dating is just awful so where do we go from there? <laughs> How do we meet people? I know. I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I do know the answer to that. And I think, you know, number one is to put yourself into social situations where you are doing things that light you up and bring you joy, like join a running club or, you know, yeah. for me, it's definitely been I'm making much more of an effort to go out and you know, not just stay in the one yoga studio and <clears throat> go to like Kundalini yoga workshops and, yeah. and to actually like do more stuff outside of my sort of regular pattern of things. But I do know what you mean. It, it's like... Because neither of us are... Sorry, I'll say this in a different way. Both of us are very approachable, chatty people. Like yes. today when I was on my walk, if I saw a complete stranger on their own, I'd be like morning mm. morning you yeah, know have a chat everybody I've made so many friends just like being in a yoga studio girls and boys mm. or you know grabbing my coffee in the morning 
I'm a very approachable person. Mm. So it's not as though, and I've made a very valid effort not to have a phone in my hand all the time looking down texting. So I'm very aware of trying to engage in other people out in an organic environment. Stop it. Oh, I put a spiritual word in there. Now I'm all Is organic a spiritual word? Well, you know, are we classifying organic as a spiritual word? Well, you know, if you're spiritual, you're about organic things. <laughs> I'm spiritual, and believe me, does love the non-organic project. That was I was taking the piss. I've stopped being able to speak. So, <laughs> oh my god, I don't know what I want more—a relationship or Emily not being able to speak. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah! There is a God. She's lost her voice. You're such a minger. Don't you mean to me? <laughs> I've got grufty feet and a minger. Why am I single? Because Emily tells me I've got grufty feet and a minger. That day you did have grufty feet when you okay. were putting them in my face. You're not a minger. You're lovely, but don't be mean to me. Can't believe you're still single. <laughs> okay, sorry. Next online question. Dating. Online dating. So oh, online dating there? is for people who... Or not me, basically. That's where I've landed with that. Yeah, because, I mean, some people have got really nice stories about meeting people. Oh, my friend Jane. Oh, Jane. First fucking man she meets. Jane. Now married and had a baby. Yeah, well, but they're not married, but no, just had yeah. a baby with him. Awesome. Great. I'm really pleased for you, but, like, it's just... But Jane's the exception to the rule. Such we're the, the exception. <laughs> yeah, we're the rule. We're the rule. All right, next one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, have we become the same person? All right, next one. Aren't you lonely? All by myself. <laughs> I don't want to be all by myself. I are you lonely? You have Theodore, but are you lonely on a serious note? Oh, uh, there's a difference, isn't there, between being alone and being lonely? Oh yeah. I have times when I miss having somebody to celebrate my wins with. That's a good one. And I think that's probably when I feel like I have loads of people like I have a win, I call you or I, you know, mm. I've got loads of people that I'm like, hey, and people will celebrate with me and that's lovely. And I have such a lovely, amazing group of friends who are always celebrating with me and, and are there to hold me when it's not so good and when it does feel hard. And I'm so grateful for that. But it's not the same as yeah. having that, that sort of special person. So I'm not lonely. Yeah. There are times where I feel very lonely. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. And sometimes it's like a palpable feeling and, mm. and being around people doesn't help. However, I have also never in my entire life felt more lonely than I have when I was in a relationship that was wrong for me. Oh, there is nothing worse than being in a relationship and being lonely. I'd rather be alone and lonely than be in a relationship and lonely. Yeah, I'd rather be where I am now than where I was last year. Yeah, I was in such a horrible space with that guy. Yeah, and I his name so we shall never say. And I was so desperate to be to be loved and not to be lonely. Yeah, but I was so unhappy, mm. so wrong for me. Yeah. Um, but you know, a years passed, and I've done, I'd done a lot of work before, but I've done even more work now. But yeah, I I come in on a night. And like you, I want to share my wins with someone or I want to be able to vent to someone. And then I sit in my lovely, beautiful living room and, you know, I've done well. I've got my own amazing apartment near the beach. I want to share that with someone. Mm. 
like I actually genuinely want to share that with an another human being my warrior man as I call him because I've got now very specific I want I don't want a boyfriend I want a man yes because I don't want a boy in my life I want a man in my life he's going to be a warrior I so this was this was one of the things that sparked that outburst of anger that I had about being single was I was paying my car registration and I want to always be able to pay my own way. Like mm. I am a successful business owner and apart from the massive diamond ring he's going to get you. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm happy to pay for it, man. Like whatevs. I am proud of the fact that I am financially independent and that I can afford to live a very affluent lifestyle. I'm proud of the work that I have done both internally and externally in order to create that lifestyle for myself. I don't want a partner who is going to fund my life or pay for my things for me. That's not why I want a partner. But I was paying my car registration and I just had this feeling of just like, I want someone else to take some of the load, not the financial load. I'm all good on the money. I just, wouldn't it be nice if someone just turned around and went, hey babe, don't worry, I bought dinner on the way home. Or, hey, I fixed the fridge. Or, hey, I paid the car registration. Like, it's the feeling of having to do all of life's admin by myself. And because I run my own business, I'm also the complete driving force between all behind all of that as well. Like, I have to do every, I'm responsible for everything. I don't walk into an office and get given you know, a target by my boss and then get rewarded yeah. with a bonus and I don't have KPIs to work to and performance review. Like I drive everything in my life and I just got to the point where I was just like, well, why the fuck isn't someone helping me? Yeah. <laughs> like I am so ready to share the load, good, yeah. bad and everything in between. And and I, so I think... I'm not lonely necessarily, but I, I'm ready to be in companionship. Yeah. And I know that week that you felt very angry and you'd had the Red Joe thing. Red Joe, God, very Australian of me. Red Joe, um, might, might, Red Joe. The reason why I was feeling incredibly lonely that week was a wonderful surgeon we ended up working really late one night and he just said, and he said it in the most lovely caring way who's cooking you dinner tonight and it was literally like someone had got a knife and shoved it in my chest and spun it around Mm. and I just had to turn very gracefully and said same person as always that'd be me with a big smile on my face Mm. when really I wanted to be like oh it's me again no one is cooking me dinner yeah you know and every night it's like fucking groundhog day yeah I know (laughs) and it is it's that I I have the most amazing life and I am so privileged and I have achieved so much since I've been in Australia and you know I have had I've had my fair of shit, Mm. but I've managed to drive forward with it and do very well for myself in life. And I was lucky that I had two wonderful parents. I've had a very privileged life as well. But I just want to share it with someone. I want to share everything. And like you said, not just the wins. I want to share my life with someone. And I want someone 
my warrior man, as I'll keep referring to him, you know, to get my wood from downstairs and bring it up and put mm. the fire on. I want to walk in from work one night and the fire be on. Mm, yeah, I know. I know that feeling. I do. I I so, resonate with that wholeheartedly. Yeah, I am. I'm not lonely crying into a pillow every night, but, mm. you know, there's, there's a sense that... Where the fuck are you? Where are you? (laughs) And I love my own space. I absolutely love my own space. You know, I I do need that and I do crave that. And I have to say in a relationship, you know, there'll be and there'll be nights where I would walk in and don't don't speak to me. But I just want that other human in my life. Yeah. I'm ready. Are you ready? Are Are you ready ready for love? love? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. All right, so here's the next one. And I think we'll just answer this together in one word. Ooh. And then we'll move on from it. Okay. okay. Here's the next one. Don't you want kids? No. No. <laughs> All right. Next one. <laughs> this one really fucks me off. You have to love yourself first. Oh, does- Carol. Fuck off. It really upsets me. You have I to mean, love what does first. that mean? Does that mean laying in bed and masturbating every day? <laughs> Sorry, but... Whatever floats your boat, mate. No, I think it means like you, when yeah, you love yeah, yourself I, enough, then, yeah, then, I, then this person will come. And actually, I'm just going to read you what I responded with that in the article. Pass me the pillow so I can scream into it. This sweeping generalized statement assumes that all people in relationships have healthy self-love and those who are single don't. Maybe it's my high level of self-love that means I don't need a relationship right now. Oh, wow. Emily Chatbourne. I know. That could win an Oscar. Well, I would accept it. <laughs> no, that's that's great. It, but it, it, like, that's yeah. how I feel. Of just like, actually, I know a lot of people who are in very codependent, narcissistic relationships because you're always on in that scale. The scale mm. is narcissism to codependency. And we're all somewhere on that scale. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of people who are in very unhealthy relationships because they don't have the self-worth to do life by themselves or to yeah. say no or to have those boundaries. And so, uh, like, it just... It's one of those ones that really kind of slaps me around the face a little bit. And I also feel like, like I have done the work. And this, again, I think is why I felt so angry. It was just like, do you know, I've done all the work. I've done all the healing. um, And I'm at the point now where I actually can't do any more work without the partner there to stimulate or to trigger or to reflect back to me what now needs to be done. Like it's like learning how to play tennis with one of those like ball things that just shoots balls at you until you're on the court with an opponent you're not actually playing a game of tennis and that's how I feel about like the self-love healing journey that I have been on it's like I literally have nowhere else to go now until this person arrives so that whatever else needs to come up or or, and and to actually embody and to put into practice everything that I intellectually know about myself or you know because you'll or very easy to be like, oh, yes, I know this about myself when you are just operating by yourself. But the moment that you have an intimate partner in your life, all of a sudden that thing becomes triggered or stimulated or, you know, something flares up that, you know, no one else can really trigger in you apart from that intimate partner. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I feel like that one, uh, I, I, like if you have ever found yourself saying to a single friend, you have to love yourself first, you need to check yourself quickly before you have no more friends yeah and you and I we've done a lot of work literally couldn't really do much more work (laughs) on myself like where else am I going yeah yeah and you know we both do the meditations we both check in with ourselves a lot Mm. and yeah I'm just yeah 
Yeah. I, I love myself yeah, a lot. Same. I, I And I think that's probably why I haven't settled for a mm. relationship that I don't feel will fulfill me. I remember years ago, one of my brother's friends, I'd gone around to my brother's house and he, he'd done the, why is your sister single? And he's like, oh, I bet she's right at high maintenance because I was dressed. I was well presented. Mm. And... My or just dressed. Just, <laughs> well, I'm just dressed. Up <laughs> north. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I know what you mean. You were dressed nicely. I was dressed nicely. So he assumed that I was high maintenance because how I looked. My brother just laughed and he's like, she's been out boxing and climbing a mountain this morning. Mm. You know, and it's just like, don't judge someone just on their appearance of oh well she looks like that so she must be high maintenance well she lives on her own and um has a very successful business so she must she must be so independent she doesn't need a man too independent too independent oh don't you love that one you're too too independent. independent I remember when I had my um some surgery done a few years ago and I had two quite close operations together and a few people said oh of course you looked after yourself I didn't have anyone else to look after me. Mm. Oh, of course, Little Miss Independent just got on with it. I didn't have a choice. And also, there's nothing wrong with being independent. No, but... I, I mean... I would have loved someone to get their ice packs from the freezer and make me smoothies. I would mm. have loved that more than anything, but there wasn't anyone, so I mm. had to do it on my own. You know, I'm not going to stop certain things in my life because I have to do them on my own. Yes. But would I Would I love prefer some- someone? Mm. Much prefer someone to come and help me. Mm. No, absolutely. Um, but don't worry about it because oh, it'll happen when you least expect it. <laughs> We've kind of covered this one earlier, but this is it's um it's the crystal ball, isn't it? Like, and I don't know if it is. Like, I, who? I actually, I do have faith. I do have faith that I'm. Oh, there is a relationship out there which is going to be phenomenal. But yeah, like. Again, it kind of like has this like patronizing tinge to it, doesn't it? Which is like you want it too much, so stop wanting it, and then it will come. Which is actually part of yeah the law of the universe in terms of vibrational frequency and manifestation. But you know, again, I don't want to don't want this conversation to be about manifestation. But yeah, I just think again, it's really really patronizing when Aunt Sally tells you that it pats you on the arm, it'll happen when you least expect it. Don't worry, it'll happen when you least expect it. You just keep doing you. And you just keep loving yourself. And that follows into this one, which is, I know there's someone out there for you. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, how do you know? Because his name's John and he works in accounts. (laughs) Can I just say that if your name is John or you're married to John or you know a John and he works in accounts and he likes to go to the pub and play football and like... That I'm not dissing John. I just, that's not what I want for my life. I now really, really wish and hope and pray that your lovely, spiritual, hardworking man is called John. (laughs) (laughs) Please bring Emily John. Please bring Emily John. (laughs) That's going to be my, when I do my mantra tomorrow morning, instead of chanting, I'm going to start chanting, Bring Emily John. Bring Emily John. <laughs> well, do you know what? If but John looks like Chris Hemsworth, I'll be okay. Um, and then the last one is, oh, that's a shame. <laughs> this harps back to um, all of the lovely fake aunties that I have who all thought it was a real shame that 
I don't have a boyfriend. Poor thing. Such a shame. Such a shame. And you know what? Here's the thing. It is a fucking shame. I'll tell you why it's a shame. Because I'm fucking excellent. I'm a good human being. I am kind. I am generous. I make an impact in the world. I hope for good things for, for good people. I try and help people wherever I go. I make good money. I have an excellent dog. <laughs> I'm not ugly. Can you stop needing a wee in the middle of the fucking podcast? Say back from your toilet break. <laughs> Turn the lady advert. We are you relieved? Yes. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. So you are excellent, Emily Chadbourne. Like I'm an excellent human being, and I don't mean like I'm up my own ass. I just mean like, like you, I am successful. I am financially stable. I work hard. I have good friends, I have good morals, I have good standards, I try and leave the world a better place. And I'm, you know, like, so don't tell me it's a shame. Because it's not a shame. But at the same time, it's a a fucking shame. It is a shame. Because there is someone out there who's missing out on being in a relationship with me. And there's someone out there who's missing out on being in a relationship with you. And I'm, I feel bad for them. Yeah. Idiots. fucking idiots where are you they're in an ashram in india they better be in an ashram in india and not prison (laughs) oh god no not prison yeah do you think i'm just going a bit left field here because you said you know we're both successful we're both financially stable blah 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 we're excellent people do we intimidate men no not our men no not our men okay great yeah, great. Absolutely not. Okay. If I intimidate a man, that's not my person. No. And well, he's a boy, isn't and he? Get over yourself. Who the hell do you think yeah. you are to be intimidated by anybody? Mm. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Down with the patriarchy. So, how are we going to find these men? Let's get the listeners to email <gasps> you and find us some men. Why don't we go out on a series of blind dates set up by the listeners? Scylla. By Scylla and the grave. Coming back to Scylla Black again. <laughs> well, we started we with Scylla Black. With Scylla so Black let's and we are with ending that. with Scylla Black. If All someone right, wants so to be Scylla. If anyone knows of two. two eligible men who are good humans, in passionate Melbourne. about their life in Melbourne, then please email infoemilychubbin.com with their details and we'll set up a blind date. Yeah. There we are. Cool. All Do right. It. I just want to say thank you so much for asking me to do this project with you because you could have asked so many people probably you don't have many other mates that are 40 but anyway whatever I have loads Um, of mates who've turned 40 okay cool so it has been a honour and a privilege for you to ask me. Um, oh, thanks, yeah, babe. thanks and for saying yes. It's been fun. It's been really fun, yeah. and it's got me out of my comfort zone. So, Good. yeah, thanks. I've loved every minute Excellent. of it, and even the toilet breaks, even the toilet breaks. And yes, yeah, stay tuned for the next shits and tea for shits and tea. <laughs> <laughs> We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Unashamedly 40, a special short series briefly interrupting my Unashamedly Human podcast. If you've loved this episode, please share it with your mates, rate and review, and head to the show notes to get in touch. Thanks for listening.